Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. This week's episode is called Purpose in the Pause, and it's an alliterative title, I know, but I hear that phrase often in my mind as the Holy Spirit speaks to me, especially in the crazy pace of life, the way life often is. And I have been praying for this episode because I believe Right now, we are in the crazy throes of springtime. Most of us are through the holiday season. We're through Easter. We're moving into the end of school, and we're going to be gearing up for summer. And it gets busy, doesn't it? It gets busy with activities and sports and parties and plans and and yet our brains also are jumping ahead. What do I need to plan for this summer? Where, where am I putting my child for a camp? What kind of, um, you know, do I need to find a babysitter or some kind of a, what kind of a situation do I need for my child for daycare this summer? Like we're all thinking lots of thoughts. And now we're also moving at a high pace and we're busy doing a lot of things. And then we're trying to tie up all the loose ends for our kids for school for the year. There's just a lot. And I am praying that at the end of this time today, you will embrace and ask the Holy Spirit to remind you, remember, there's purpose in the pause and that you will begin to learn like I'm learning to really value that pause. So oftentimes, how do I know, how do I diagnose that I need a pause? Well, often I'm going to have an extreme reaction to something. It may be that I'm responding with a lot of emotion towards my husband or one of my kids. I may be uh, responding with a lot of emotion towards a situation I'm frustrated with something that's happening at one of the kids' schools or frustrated with something that happens at the grocery store or whenever I see in my life extreme reactions, the Holy Spirit goes, Bethany, let's pause. There's purpose in the pause. You see, the reality of my emotions are that they are only symptoms of something that I'm holding as a belief deep down within my heart. And so what I need to do, what you need to do, what we need to do, and what we need to learn to be good at is chasing whatever was our reaction back to what is lying beneath and asking, are these things way down here? Are these truths or are these lies? That's the purpose in the pause for you and for me. 
Because when we take that time to begin to have that kind of reflective questioning, begin to look inward and see what we're responding to and saying, hmm, is there a truth down there that is causing all this reaction? Or is there a lie down at the bottom? When I pause to inspect, it allows space for business to be done between me and the Holy Spirit. And it is in that working out, y'all, that the gospel becomes real to us as a mom. It becomes real to us as a woman. And it becomes real to us as a wife in every role we play. Because it, my reaction may be in the grocery store, or my reaction may be to a little one, or my reaction may be to my husband, or to my sister, or to a friend, or a coworker. But the truth is, I'm believing a lie deep down in there, and it is impacting me. And I need to have the audacity almost to say, wait, I need to pause and I need to examine myself. So there are three places that the Holy Spirit consistently unpacks his truth for me when I take the time to pause. And we're going to look at all three today. The first one is he will help us understand or gain insight into a child. The second one is that he will help us understand himself. We will be able to see God more clearly. And the third one is that he helps us understand ourselves. We begin to understand what's going on within. Colossians 3, 1 through 4 is going to be the anchor verse that we're going to use today. We're really going to understand it better, I hope. I pray by the end, but it says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life appears, you also will appear with him in glory. So our first question is understanding that we need to say, just like Paul says in Colossians one, set your mind on things above. This is an active participatory choice that we make. When we begin to value that phrase that there's purpose in my pause, and instead of keeping on going and keeping on fretting or keeping on moving forward, we say, wait. And we begin to say, where is Jesus in this moment? Where's Jesus in this struggle, this conversation I'm having? Where's Jesus in my motivations? Where's Jesus in all the feelings I'm feeling? We need to begin to ask this question because in the pause, what we're actively doing is saying, Holy Spirit, we're asking for a filter to be placed on what has just transpired for us to see it clearly with your eyes so that we can understand the lie that has crept in. And then we can begin to apply the truth of the gospel in the moment. Galatians 5.18 reminds us that we are led by the Spirit. It is His power that is at work in us. So even when we begin this conversation, I want to relieve you of feeling like you have to already have the answers. Have you ever felt like that? Like, I'm already supposed to know what it is I'm doing wrong, what I'm believing that's wrong. And I want you to understand that 
we're led by the spirit. And so we, the pause allows us to shift to the side in essence and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Show me, show me what's going on here in my heart, in my mind, in my feelings. John Piper calls the Holy Spirit a leader who is like a locomotive on a train. We stay hooked up to the divine source of power and we go wherever he leads. So if you can understand that in this pause time, in essence, you're saying, Holy Spirit, please lead this train. Help drive this down the track. Let me see the lie I'm believing. Let me apply the truth of the gospel here. And then together, you and me, let's get back engaged in relationship with wherever we wounded or whatever situation we have had to pause and pull out of for a moment. Colossians 3, the command that we're given says, seek the things that are above. And that verb for seek there, I just want to unpack it a minute for you because I feel like it's a powerful way that our heart gets positioned. It means the Greek word for seek there is zeteo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it means to desire or to require, to demand or to search for. It is a pursuit of something to plow the depths of it or get to the bottom. When we zeteo Jesus Christ, when we actively say, Holy Spirit, teach me and show me, our whole being is engaged We're fervently desiring it. And the filter of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, begins to transform us because he is going to begin to illuminate what's really going on in the depths of our being. So what does that mean, therefore, when we sit and we invite God to help us process in this pause, what happens? Well, the first thing that happens is that it helps us understand or gain insight into a child. And what I mean by that, and we talk about this over and over on this podcast, but we begin to learn or be a student of our child. What we're saying in essence is, God, help me uncover what lie am I believing about this child, whether it is the lie that they are annoying or bothersome or you know, engaging in ways that we don't like, or are we in essence stopping right there, asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need to see them through your eyes. I need to understand them in a way that is different from what I just naturally believe. And we begin to get his insight into who our child is. A great example of this would be even just this morning. Two, my two little ones were playing with Legos. It was early in the morning. They were trying to be quiet and play before everybody else got up. I could hear the rustling of all the Legos. We have this huge crate of Legos and it's like, you know, the Legos are going back and forth. And the other child's like, stop, stop, stop doing that. Don't do that. And it just kept happening. So what was happening? Well, there was a part of the back of my neck where my hair started to stand up on it. I'm like, one of my children is totally not listening to the other child. That other child is saying, please stop doing that. And this kid is absolutely ignoring them, not only ignoring them, not even telling them or speaking back to them, like complete silent treatment. And everything on the back of my neck stood up. I was irritated. I was trying to read my Bible and this was going on in the other room. So I called that child in. And as I was calling this child in, 
thank you, Lord. This child was slow to obey and took a few minutes to get up and come into me, probably because they knew they were already going to be in some sort of a discipline discussion. And in that time, I said, you know, God, just show me, show me what I'm automatically believing about this child versus what is true for this child. Help me to lead a good conversation here where I can speak into the heart of this child versus layering immediately. You're just being rude and moving the Legos around and you're, you know, they, your other person wants you to stop. And so I brought the child in and began to ask questions. Well, the child was very able even to discern their heart. They were not confused that they were being ugly or mean to their sibling. They were not confused that they were not speaking. And that's frustrating too. When you give someone the silent treatment, that is unkind and it is frustrating. So they were, they were very clear about both choices they were making, but there was more that layered beneath. And what was laying underneath that was they were offended by something that had happened previously that I couldn't hear, that I didn't know, that did need to be dealt with as well. But the two of us began to talk about their heart, what they were believing. And we talked about the sin present. We talked about what could have been done differently, choices made. How would Jesus walk and help them walk in that moment? What were options they could have used instead of what they chose to use, even for when they were offended originally? And then we talked about how does this child restore relationship that they have broken? And then I sent them back in there to restore relationship. Listened, heard the restoration happening, and then I called the other children child in. And began to question this child about what they had done before that, which had caused the betrayal in the first place that had made the complete mess of the morning in Legos. Now, the truth is this doesn't happen often for me. Often the hair on the back of my neck rises up and I am quick to just decide that I know what happened. And I'm quick to pronounce blame and require restoration and announce judgment on a situation. And, and you know, there is purpose in the pause. For that child, there was purpose. They needed me to have paused enough to ask the Spirit, what, what do I need insight into? So for one of my children, it was very poor communication because of betrayal. They were choosing the silent treatment and they were choosing just passive aggressive behavior in the Lego bucket. But the other child had been incredibly selfish ahead of time and had wounded the passive aggressive child. And so that child had sin issues as well that I needed to see with God's eyes so that I could help that child see, wow, this is, this is where I fell short. There is purpose in the pause if we let the Holy Spirit unpack what lies beneath. And it's important. It's the only way for gospel conversations to happen between you and your child. Everything else is a Jesus juke. If you just layer Jesus on top of your own pronouncement of judgment, and you, my friend, and I have not, we have not sat for a second with the Spirit and gone, help me see this the way you see it. Help me have your filter then most of the time what I do, 
I tend to give them a Jesus juke, which would have been, I would have pulled the first child in and said, listen, you're not being nice. You're not being nice at all. And Jesus tells you to be kind. You need to be kind to your sibling. Now go back in there and say you're sorry and be kind. That is a Jesus juke. That's what that is. I just wielded scripture. I never dug into that child's heart. I never understood what was lying underneath it all. And I actually didn't help that child reflect on what they had done and let them own what they had done and why it would have been damaging to rest to relationship and help them understand how they should restore relationship. All I did was Jesus juke him. And it is critical that we get better. And I'm saying this for myself that I get better at pausing and saying, Holy Spirit, will you please show me what lies beneath? And that means that I need to zateo Jesus. I need to seek and pursue him with a, like, there is no other choice, but for me to seek him. And I need to set my mind on things above. That means in that moment, as they're walking towards me across the house, I'm not, I can't believe you interrupted my Bible study. And I'm so tired of you interrupting my Bible study, which I felt, I felt that, but instead choosing to lay that aside and set my mind active setting and going, okay, okay, God, show me what I'm missing. Show me what's really going on in that other room. Show me why the Lego bucket is causing such conflict today. And then it was beautiful. And then they were able to actually play for another 45 minutes with the Legos. And that is because the Holy Spirit did work. And I got to just kind of be an instrument in there. So the first thing that happens when we say there's purpose in the pause is it will help us understand and gain insight into our child. The second thing that happens is it helps us understand and gain insight into God himself. You see, the moments in the spaces of his whispers to us become clearer. The reminders of who he is become more evident to us. We understand who God is and his attributes, his character, his, um, the glory that is due his name. Like we understand him better. We begin to have a better idea about his grace and about mercy. And how do we actively apply that in situations and in relationships? If we will pause and allow him to speak with us, his word becomes clearer. Sometimes my pause is just like I'm in the middle of the grocery store and I just literally have to stand and pause. I have no Bible. I have no other thing. I just literally just have Jesus and he is enough. The Holy Spirit is enough. But if I'm at home and I have the opportunity pulling out the word and letting his words anchor me in truth, I understand God more. You know, Psalm 51, 12 says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And that is what happens when we pause long enough to give the Holy Spirit opportunities to display himself. So thirdly, holding space with God, welcoming that there's going to be purpose in the pause. The third thing that begins to change is it helps us to understand ourselves. You see, so often in parenting, when I'm in the middle of high levels of emotion, for whatever reason, I am actually not really in touch with myself. 
I'm not aware of what I'm believing. I'm not truly knowing and saying, oh, what I'm believing is this or that. And that is what is motivating me. And it is very important for me to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to unpack my own heart that I may understand the flesh I'm struggling with, the areas and the places that need the covering of forgiveness, the attitude of humility and repentance, that I can understand that the grace of the gospel applies to me in the middle of my mess right here. The filter that we place before our eyes, the way we allow the Holy Spirit in, that is the activity of setting our mind on him. That is the desire to be more like him, to Zeteo, Jesus Christ. You see, the deepening of that seeking, the inward motive of our heart, our thought patterns becoming more and more like his, that is a work only the Spirit does in us. So the more we practice this posture of a pause, the more we say, I am I am understanding there is purpose here for me, not just for my child and for me to understand my child, not just for me to understand more about who God is and, and the truth of God's word, but actually for me to know me. That becomes a beautiful gifting that happens in the pause. A great example of the growing awareness, the growing understanding of ourselves would be, you know, just the other day I had a sullen teenager in my home. They were withdrawn, fussy, not, not really happy with me as their mother. And I can either respond to that in kind in essence saying, fine, then I'll give you, I'll give you space, whatever you're moody. And I become moody back or I can begin to practice the pause. You know, I can begin to sit with God and ask for an awareness and increased understanding of my child. I begin to understand absolutely the God, this is a God of grace who is in, interacting and engaging with both, both of us. And then the filter of his grace can remind me that this is a child dearly loved by God on high. And that it is not me who is rejected. See, the, the awareness of me in that moment is that when my child wants to act moody, withdrawn, fussy, blaming me, maybe just blame shifting, maybe stomping around because the world doesn't understand them and they don't want to talk about it with me, my lie that I will often believe is that it is me-oriented, that I am actually being rejected. And it may not, I'm not aware of that on the top level of my um, mind, but when I sit in the pause and go, God, what am I believing? How am I interpreting his or her actions towards me. Well, I'm, in, I'm interpreting them like I'm being rejected. But the truth of the word of God, my growing awareness of God, God goes, but I have never rejected you, Bethany. And I do not reject you now. You are not rejected in your identity. And so then I can begin to cover 
my feelings and I begin to apply the truth to the lie that you are rejected, the truth is, no, God loves and delights in me. And therefore I am sourced in God's love. I can freely love, even though the response I'm getting is not what I want from my teenager. And I can also have compassion for him or her. And then begin to engage in a conversation seasoned with humility and grace. Not a conversation that goes, why are you being mean to me? I'm not part of your problem. But a conversation seasoned with humility and grace. Because I am sourced in truth. The lie has been vanquished that I'm being rejected. And I don't, I don't know how many of us need this, but this is, was it has been pivotal to me in my motherhood to pause. You know, just the other week, one of my children, my youngest had a massive emotional breakdown and I became in essence part of his problem, but I, but I wasn't. But by allowing myself again, at first I reacted. I didn't want that breakdown. It's never convenient, is it? But then as I sat for just a moment with the Lord and began to go, God, I just need to pause here with you. We began to walk through steps. Just God in me, just Holy Spirit applying a filter because I'm actively saying, God, I want to set my mind on you not on what's going on here. I want to set my mind on things above, not on earthly things, not on this stuff. Help me to do that. Help me to hold space with you, God, here in this pause. I remember when my baby, one of my babies was, I mean, just wouldn't sleep. This one child just wouldn't sleep through the night. It just, he, this child would not. And wailing for the fourth day in a row, like had been sleeping through the night and all of a sudden isn't anymore. That's the most, that's just the worst. I feel like it's almost like you taste sleep a little bit and now you're back in no sleep land. And it's almost more exhausting than the right after the baby's born, no sleep. I don't know. It is for me at least. And I was exhausted physically What happens for me is I get exhausted emotionally. I want to withdraw. I want to escape. And I clearly cannot escape because I am the provider. So I just kind of try and escape mentally and escape emotionally from it, which is not healthy, right? We know this and yet it is natural. And distinctly, I remember the Holy Spirit saying, as I'm sitting in a rocking chair for the fourth hour in a row in the middle of the night for many nights in a row and him saying, there is going to be purpose here for you and for me in this pause. And I began to filter my need for rest through his might. I had to know more about who God was and he began to unpack that for me. And I had an unsteady heart I wasn't sure this child would ever go to sleep. And he began to call me into his promises. His promises that he would lead me, that he will teach me about this child, the the, um, uniqueness of this child and the unique needs of this child, that I could trust him there. And he provided stability 
when I felt like I had none. He will change our perspective in the middle of turmoil, loss, confusion, and hardship. You see, our God promises to lead us, to teach us, to reveal to us, and to abundantly cover us in his love. He is the filter and he invites us into the pause so that his filter can drop over our earthly eyes and we can assess the situation, know more about our child, fall deeper in love with God and understand ourselves. Here at the end today, I want to encourage you with a couple of questions. Have you ever taken time to pause? Have you ever thought that there might be purpose in the pause for you personally? Have you ever prayed specifically for yourself? And if you have, have you prayed for yourself lately? And what I mean by that is going, God, I am praying for myself, for my heart. I am exhausted. I am unsteady. I'm anxious. I am worried. I am fearful. These are, let me unpack my feelings before you in this prayer. Tend to my prayers, Lord. Have you ever asked him to cram you absolutely full of his joy? Have you ever asked him to increase your awareness of who he is, his character, his attributes, how he loves you specifically? Have you ever asked him for that? Have you ever allowed him to be the source of your comfort? You see, sometimes I believe that we are very busy and we misplace our rest because we don't understand the power and the purpose in the pause. And so we just keep going and keep going and keep going. And so as we're coming into a busy season and we're starting to step into the end of spring and the beginning of summer, my encouragement to you is to get a sheet of paper and get alone with God and pour out your heart to him. That is the first thing and put it on paper and then ask him to begin to teach you when you should pause. When do you need to pull up for a moment and sit with him? Just maybe it means standing still while your child is squalling right in front of you and for a moment saying, Holy Spirit, Help me understand my child better. Help me understand you better. Help me understand myself better. Right here in this crazy, messy moment. As always, I'm glad you're here. I love questions. I love comments. Please feel free to respond. Um, And also, we will have in the show notes those questions so that you could put them on a piece of paper. You could use them. And then finally... Know this, know that God invites you because he welcomes you to set your mind on him. Thanks for being here today at the table with me. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.